Good morning, and welcome to episode three of the Toddcast. Leaving the parking space now, and heading on out. How is everyone this morning, afternoon, evening, or night, depending on when you're listening at this? It's 7.30 in the morning right now, but it probably isn't where you are, so we'll just cover all our bases, is the general idea there. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and throw out at the top of the hour here that, uh, well, there's no real good way to put this other than I am a 43-year-old man with a uh, short history of military service, um, technically as a sailor, um, and we can get more into that, I suppose, as to why there's a technically on that. Um, but the key point there is sailor. Um, also spent many a year in various aspects of the um, construction industry, and as such, um, just want to make sure everyone's aware that, you know, Todd's got a little bit of a mouth, um, and don't want anyone to be, you know, alarmed or upset by that. So if you've, if you've got the young ones with their, you know, capacity to pick up words that maybe you don't want them to say, or, you know, the other end of the spectrum, if you're, you know, amongst the elderly, if for some bizarro reason you're listening to this with your, you know, grandparents, uh, great uncle, um, something like that, um, and you don't want them to think that, you know, you listen to, you know, trash talk, some sort of potty mouth podcast, um, now might be a good time to, you know, pause and move on to, to other things. Um, if by some chance, you know, the audience includes, you know, my actual mother, um, sorry, Ma, um, this really shouldn't be much of a surprise to you. It's not like I haven't, you know, dropped bombs around you previously. But uh, that's just how, you know, adults talk. Just so there's that. Um, I'd originally intended for today's, you know, topic of discussion to be around um, music. But having dropped the technically a sailor, I kind of feel like I need to address that first. So, um... I spent four years in the United States Navy, um, honorably discharged. Um, I'd love to say it was a good time, but it, it wasn't. It kind of sucked. Um, even though it was peacetime, um, turns out me and the military, not not the, the fondest uh, of friendships between the two of us. Um, particularly at that time in my life, you know, um, Order and discipline was not necessarily the uh, key items uh, to mesh perfectly with my personality at the time. But, you know, we, we survived it. It worked out all right. Got out and carried on with life. Um, but the, the point there is, um, yeah, four years in the Navy, never stood foot on a ship. Um, I was with a... Uh, Construction Battalion, uh, NMCB-7, Naval Mobile Construction Battalion 7. Uh, I was what they call a CB, um, 
for those of you who are not familiar with what a CB is, we are uh, we're ground troops. We were the the construction unit, kind of like the Navy's version of the Army Corps of Engineers. Um, you know, the the CB motto is "We build, we fight." Um, and I was basically trained as a combination surveyor, draftsman, and um, materials tester, which is fancy word for um, plays with dirt and concrete, um, which frankly was one of the, the more enjoyable aspects of that job. Um, surveying was all right, didn't actually get to do much of it, and what we did of it was on ancient equipment, even for um, the mid-90s. Um, it was fine, you know, if you're fond of, you know, exercising trigonometry and getting out and about in the great outdoors. That that works out great for you. Um, surveying does. Um, drafting was my jam. Took a bunch of drafting in high school. Really enjoyed it. This is back in the day when you you know actually used pencils and paper. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, while I was in the Navy and went to A school, um, we you know we did we were trained in that additionally. Um, they also trained us in AutoCAD, um, so the computerized piece of uh, drafting, which I'm fairly certain is all that is done anymore. I can't imagine anyone in that industry even knows what a T-square is, except for, you know, historical purposes. Um, but being, you know, a, a person who's, who's, you know, hip to the computers and have always had a certain amount of talent there, uh, I picked up on the AutoCAD pretty quick, um, did real well in that, um, and so of course when I got to my battalion, being one of the young guys who knew computers in 1995, um, that became my pretty much only job, was being the computer guy um, in the office, which, you know, was fine, I suppose. Um, but like I said, the third aspect there, the materials testing, um, was kind of playing in dirt. Um, it's not something that many people think about or, or in a lot of cases, are even aware of. Um, but uh, materials testing is actually very important uh, for for construction. Uh, you know, you see folks, you know, building things, you know, fresh construction, they, you know, clear, clear a path to put a building on, and you see them out there, you know, packing down the dirt or, you know, if they're building a new road, um, you know, the, uh, setting up the dirt, and there's all sorts of, you know, stakes in the ground to tell them how high it needs to be and whatever, and they're out there rolling it and grading it and packing it and stuff. There, there's, there's a fair amount of science that goes into that, um, you know, from, from what kind of dirt it is, um, I guess that for, for anyone who out there who is a material scientist, is probably just seething at my continual use of the word dirt, because it's not dirt, it's soil, um, they teach you, um, you know, dirt is what you get on you and, you know, needs cleaned off, soil is what you, you know, build on, so, but, you know, you got to figure out what kind of soil you've got, there, there are all sorts of different, you know, grades of soil, um, you know, sandy soil, clay, you know, gravels and rocks and all, all sorts of, uh, variations there, um, 
you know, how uniform the soil is. There's a uh, delightful procedure um, where you, you take a soil sample and you run it through a series of sieves of, of various sizes uh, to determine the the size and shape of the, the aggregates, and then you plot that on a graph to make sure you've got a smooth distribution, because if you, you're dealing with something that's, you know, all itty-bitty stuff like sand, um, that's going to act one way if you've got, you know, some sort of uh, soil that's, that's mostly, you know, larger stuff, it's going to act a different way, and so you got to figure out what that is and make sure you got the right stuff. Uh, you know, clays operate differently from from, so, from sandy types and the ways in which, you know, they interact with moisture and compress and so forth. So you got to do all those tests. Um, you got to figure out the optimum moisture content. Um, basically, we had a soils lab that was, you know, a lab. It was playing science guy with dirt, um, which was fun. It was very enjoyable. Um, plus, it was away from the office and where all the officers were. You could just go to the soils lab and generally fuck off for hours on time on end um and nobody'd mess with you which was which was you know had its own merits i suppose um it's also where i had you know the most exposure to you know radiation which was fun um after you figure out what kind of soil it is and how hardcore they can compact it to you know build the base for your house or bridge or road or whatever, um, the way that you determine if what the boys out in the field have actually done to the actual soil um, is sufficient or not, uh, you break out a fun little device called the nuclear densometer, uh, which was basically a box the size of a decent-sized shoebox um, with a handle, and you sort of hammered a hole into the ground and placed this thing over it just so. Uh, extended a rod down into the earth, and on the end of that rod, sure enough, are a couple of different kinds of uh, radioactive material. Um, there was a point in time where I could have told you exactly what they were. I want to say one of them was americium and cesium, perhaps? I don't know. Um, but you put that thing down in there, and you hit a button, and it measures you know, how much radiation comes out the end of the thing and back to where you're, uh, back to your device. And, uh, yeah, you crunch some numbers, and it'll tell you, you know, exactly, you know, at what percentage you've got that sucker comp compacted to. Um, all the while standing, you know, fairly close to a, you know, open radioactive source. So it was good times. Um, you know, they had monitoring in place, checked our levels, this and that and the other thing. It really wasn't as dangerous as it sounds. Um you know, but it was a thing. Um, but because I was in the CDs, I, like I said, never actually stood foot on a ship. Um, fun fact, in boot camp, you never actually touch a ship, despite being in the Navy. Um, they actually have, you know, on on, on that base a... Uh, a couple, if memory serves, of ship simulators that are basically thing, you know, buildings that are ship-like uh, with hatches and, and whatnot that uh, you practice things in 
but are actually very much on land the the entire time. Um, so, yeah, the whole time in the Navy, never never got on a ship, which is probably good. Because um, I came to find out later that, you know, turns out I get a little bit, um, you know, seasick um, when things get a little choppy and whatnot. Um, that would have been unfortunate to find out, you know, after the fact, I think. Um, actually, there's a whole lot of things that I should not have been in the Navy for. Because um, I think the only time I'd ever been on water prior to the Navy, well, I guess, and also post-Navy, since I wasn't really on the water in the Navy, um, I think I was on a pontoon boat once during uh, camp when I was in the sixth grade. Um, I think there may have been a rowboat at one point. Um, but never really, you know, did the whole, you know, out on the water thing prior to the Navy, uh, which in retrospect would have been a good thing to do and make sure I didn't get seasick before I joined, you know, the Navy. But that didn't happen, and it turned out it all worked out well, uh, because I was a CB. Um, funny, funny tidbit as to how that came to be, um, because, well, let me take a step back, um, as to why I was in the Navy, uh, especially when I mentioned earlier that, you know, it made no sense for my personality type to, to be in the military at all, um, Briefly, uh, got out of high school, went to local tech school, did not have the discipline to actually go to class, would rather hang out in a in a van with, with the friends during school time. Um, and so that didn't go so well, and took a little time off, and then figured that I needed to get out of the house um, for reasons. Uh, went to the University of Akron for a year, um, for which I'm still paying the student loan debt for that single year. Um, and again, you know, first couple of weeks went to classes, and after that just kind of said, you know what, I would much rather hang out in the dorm playing Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons than, you know, actually wake up and attend courses. Um, so at the end of the year, is like, really, am I going to do this again? Do I need to go further in debt to not actually accomplish anything? Um and my friend Jeff and I were hanging out that summer, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of at, you know, a bit of a crossroads. I'm going to join the Navy. And I kind of looked at him initially and was like, well, okay, good on you. Um, and later that night, over the course of the next couple of days, I'm like, hmm, I'm not really the military type, but it's a steady job, and they give you money for college, and maybe it'll help me get, you know, the discipline I need so that when I go back to college, you know, I actually go and attend and, you know, achieve a thing. Um, and so we decided to join the Navy, and the Navy has a, uh, a, a situation called the Buddy Program, where if you and your pal sign up, um, you basically go through boot camp together. Um, and you know, as you learn from popular media, boot camp is the worst. Um, you know, it's a bunch of running around and getting screamed at and just generally unfun times. And it seems like, well, if you're going to do that, having somebody, you know, friendly that you know on hand is probably not a terrible plan. 
Um, so we did that. Um, and the dream, the, 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 the theory was, you know, because talking to the recruiter, you know, he, he explained to us, you know, you go in on this buddy program, um, and you'll go, you'll, you're guaranteed to go through boot camp together. Uh, and he's like, and, you know, after boot camp, you, there's this thing called A-School where they teach you your, your actual job. Uh, you know, boot camp is just the basics. A-School is where they teach you, you know, specifically what it is um, you're going to be doing. He's like, but if you guys are going to, you know, be, have the same job, if you guys put in for the same uh, rate, they call it, um, then you guys could probably go to A-School together. Um, you know, and when that's done... You know, it's it's been known to happen that you know when when a school's done, um, basically orders come in to to the a school to various you know posts like you know we need three people for this ship, four people for that ship, two people for this base, whatever whatever, um, and it wasn't real clear to me, and it actually still isn't real clear to me how it works on how those get divvied up, but what the, what the guy said is, you know, you go through boot camp together, you go through uh, A school together, and then, you know, if there are orders where they need two of those kind of people on the same ship, you guys could actually go to your first, you know, duty station together. Um, and duty stations typically go, you know, you're normally stationed on a ship or a place for, like, three to five years, depending on what your job is and what the posting is. Um, and so basically it's like, oh, so our first, you know, our whole first enlistment, we could actually hang out together and see the world and whatnot. Because we're, we're pretty good friends, you know. This sounded really good to us. Um, so we're like, hell yeah, let's do it. Well, um, what Jeff wanted to be um, was a... Uh, they call it a fire controlman, and the Cliff's Notes version of what that job is is that you're the guy who works on the electronics and such uh, for the fire control mechanisms. And uh, again, we're not talking fire in the you know blazing hot, flickery flames perspective. We're talking fire as in firing weapons. It's it's basically the the, the targeting systems and so forth for the weapons that they've got there on the ships. Um, he's like, that's what I want to do. And I can't remember if that's what his dad did or, or what the actual rationale there was. And it's not really important. Um, he's like, you know, that's what I want to do. And I'm like, I can get behind that. I didn't really have much of a preference. I mean, dad was an electronics guy, so I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I always, you know, like seeing dad do electronic stuff. I had one of those little electronic kits kid that I enjoyed, you know, I'm like, sure, I can learn that, that sounds groovy, I can, I can get behind that, um, so we both signed up for that, um, funny thing, um, about enlisting, um, part of that process is a physical, um, a fairly, you know, thorough, thorough physical, um, you know, that's where I first learned that I have stage fright whenever there is a uh, uh, your analysis to be done and there are people, you know, watching to make sure you're not doing funny things with the cup, trying to use someone else's urine or something. I think I spent about three hours before I could make anything happen there because I'm just not the kind of guy who can, you know, perform on command. Um, that was my first uh, experience with the, you know, turn your head and cough 
routine, um, which is every bit as comfortable as you would imagine it would be. Um, you know, and they, you know, check your blood pressure and this and that and the other thing. Well, one of these bit, bits, you know, is a vision test, which makes sense. Uh, they check my vision. Um, and at the end of that, they move on to the the test where they show you uh, a little thing that's got, you know, a bunch of red and green dots on it all mixed up together, and you're supposed to tell them what, you know, number or letter you see in that. Um, spoiler alert, um, I knew from a couple years previous that those don't work for me. Um, I'm technically considered colorblind, because you show me the red and green dots, and I'm like, yep, that's a whole mess of red and green dots. I don't see anything other than a bunch of red and green dots. Um, the blue and yellow ones I can make out. Uh, the red and green ones, not so much. Uh, and it's weird because I'm, I can see red, I can see green, I can see various shades of them, I can compare and contrast them and tell you all about, you know, the various qualities. But you put them all together on a piece of cardboard mixed up and such that they're supposed to be, you know, a number there, I can't help you. They're, they're just not there. Um, so and I just tell them that, I'm like, yeah, I can't see that. There's, there's like, I'm not even going to bother guessing. There's, there's that doesn't work for me. And they, they mark that down in the in the chart thing. And we carry on with the, the piece. Uh, and so after the, the, you know, the physical, I'm sitting down with, you know, one of the people there at the uh, recruiting station. They're going over everything. And they're like, yeah, so you can't be a fire controlman. And I'm like, what, what's, why is this? They're like, yeah, you're colorblind. Um you know, you're working on the uh, the wires for a missile system, and it's vitally important that you don't cut the red wire or you will launch the missile. We're not sure that you won't know which one is red. Um, I'm like, you know, that sucks, but I can get where you're coming from. That makes perfect sense. I really can't argue, uh, you know, against you <laughs> on that front. Um, so that's why I didn't be a fire controlman. They're like, well, let's look at some alternatives. And, frankly, right there on the spot, they were listing off some things. And uh, they mentioned the engineering aid. Um, and they mentioned that there was drafting. And that I, you know, was qualified for that because I'd had some, you know, trigonometry in high school. Um, and I'd done drafting before, and that all sounded, you know, well and good. Um, and I'm like, yeah, sure, sign me up for that. Um, at the time, did not know what a CD was or what, you know, <laughs> what that entailed and how that would be different than, uh, you know, just about any other job in the Navy. But it worked out well because, like I said, didn't have to go on a ship and get uh, seasick, uh, which is, you know, clearly a good good thing for me. Um also, good thing to, uh, you know, be aware of before joining the Navy, and I, I, I imagine that this also applies to the Coast Guard. Um, you would think joining the Navy would imply that, you know, you're a, str a strong swimmer. Um, you know, the, the main portion of what you're likely to be doing, unless you're me, is, you know, being out on the water, and if you, know, you fall overboard or whatever, swimming seems like a pretty keen thing to do. Um, I would highly recommend making sure that you know how to do that before signing up 
Thor said uh, services. Um, guess who did not know how to swim um, prior to joining the Navy? Um, and frankly, guess who didn't know how to swim until after he got out of the Navy? Um, that would be your humble narrator. Um, yeah, um, growing up was a super pasty, super scrawny little dude. Um, Casper the Ghost is a stick figure. is probably a fair um, description of me as a young person. Um, so me and the pool really didn't get along that well. Like, I burnt real easy, and I did not look super great, and so was not real keen on hanging out half-naked in the sun amongst my peers. Um, and as a consequence, never really learned how to swim. Um, living in Ohio with the only, you know, body of water close to where I was being the Ohio River, um, it really wasn't a priority. The odds of me needing to swim for survival purposes were were pretty slim. Um, I mean, frankly, if I was near the banks of the Ohio River and fell in, I'd be more afraid of dying of infection than, than from drowning. Um, and so, I'd, you know, I'd go to the pool occasionally and get in the, you know, shallower end, and, you know, splash around and cool down and then, you know, get out and find some shade immediately sort of a deal. But swimming just wasn't, wasn't a high priority. Um, so, you know, we make this decision to join the Navy, and it doesn't even cross my mind that, you know, hey, I don't know how to swim, and hey, I've never been on a boat. I mean, really, the boat thing didn't occur to me, really, ever, <laughs> prior to, um, you know, like I said, it wasn't until after I got out and was involved in some, you know, watercraft, and it's like, ugh, this is a, a little nauseating that I realized how lucky I was and how much I dodged a bullet. Uh, but the swimming thing, didn't think about when I made the decision and declared that to my friends and went to talk to everybody. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, a few weeks before we were slated to to head out that, you know, a bunch of my friends were like, hey, Todd, you, you don't know how to swim, do you? I'm like, no, I don't. And they're like, and you don't see a problem with that, with you joining the Navy? I'm like, you know, now that you mention it, that, 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 that's a good point. Um, that could be problematic. Um, so, you know, in the spirit of, you know, helping a brother out and, and friendship and so forth, um, we all went out to the lake, because there are a variety of lakes back home, um, they're like, well, we're going to probably need to teach you how to swim, at least, you know, the basics. Um, so, you know, this weekend we'll, we'll go out to the lake and we'll, 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 we'll teach you how to swim. I'm like, sure, sounds good. Uh, so we go out and we get into the thing and, uh, you know, they're like, can you float? I'm like, probably not. I'm, you know, like 150 pounds, six foot two. I'm like pure bone and nothing that actually has buoyancy. Um, but we'll give it a try, and they're like, you know, lay on your back and relax, and blah, blah, blah. And it, I, I last for about, you know, a second and a half before I start blubbing under the under the water, because I don't know how to float, don't have a lot of buoyant material on me, etc. Um, and then they're like, well, you need to know how to float before we can really teach you how to swim. And that just fails. 
like for several hours we're trying this and it's just not going anywhere and eventually everybody's like yeah you know screw this because um, at this point we're 19 20 years old me and my friends you know we're out at you know some, somebody's cabin on the lake like, yeah, we're going to spend some time trying to teach Todd how to swim, but if that doesn't work, we're going to go ahead and move on to the, you know, the smoking some green and drinking some beers and having, you know, the, the teenage fun times at that cabin on the lake like you should. I don't fault them for that. Um, but did not learn how to swim um, prior to. Um, yeah. Um, you know, got to boot camp, um, where, of course, there's a swimming test, which, uh, <sighs> given the timing of where I am in my um, drive to work, and having told that story before, and knowing approximately how long that takes, I'm going to save that as a uh, as a teaser, um, and we'll save that for another show. The, uh, the swim story, because I don't know I can do it justice um, in the time I've allotted. Um, it goes interestingly. Um, but, spoiler alert, they don't teach me to actually swim in that portion. Um, and I, you know, go spend my entire time in naval service as a non-swimmer um, and it wasn't until I got out um, and was living in Florida and was hanging out at my buddy's sister's apartment complex in their pool that I actually learned how to swim. Um, Slash various times at the beach. It's a lot easier to float in salt water. Everyone knows that. Um, and it's it's a lot easier to, to learn how to swim when... Um, your buddy's hot sister is teaching you. Um, I'm just going to leave that at, at that. But, uh, you know, I'm still not a very good swimmer, but I can get from point A to point B. I can, I can, you know, keep myself afloat, you know, to not drown, uh, which is not a thing that I could manage um, the entire time that I was in the Navy. Um, also, fun fact, since apparently we're just going to stick on the naval theme for the duration of this uh, particular um journey. Um, tattoos. I have several. I didn't get any of them until after I was, after I was out of the Navy. Um, what else do we got? Um, earring. Didn't get that till after the Navy, but then again, you're technically not allowed to have earrings if you're a dude, uh, in the Navy, so that's perhaps less, um, impactful. Um, yeah, the tattoos, those didn't happen until afterwards, for, for no good reason. Um, but it's just, that that's how it is. Um, if we're going to get really esoteric, I never ate spinach until after I got out of the Navy. Um, my exposure to spinach was always, you know, those frozen bricks um, that you'd cook, and that stuff is disgusting, and I maintain that to this day. Um it never occurred to me that spinach was an actual leaf that you could eat in leaf, you know, like picked off the plant leaf form, uh, like you do in salads. Um, didn't discover that until after I got out of the Navy. So if you want to make any Popeye references there, those don't really work for me either. Um, in that I 
didn't eat spinach while I was in the Navy. And frankly, even to this day, I wouldn't eat that crap out of a can. That just doesn't make sense to me. Um... Yeah, I think that's about all I've got on the, hey, I was in the Navy, but not in the Navy, sort of technically a sailor. Um, so, you know, now that I've spent, well, huh, 32 minutes um, explaining an offhand comment I made at the beginning of this podcast, um, we've got that going for us. Um and frankly, a little more info on that topic in a future cast where we talk about Mr. Swim Test. Um, frankly, there's also a nice story about um, the Keller Vision Test um, Part Two um, that happened when I was at boot camp. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll maybe save that one for another time, also. Um, it also occurs to me that after having made that giant disclaimer in the beginning, I, I don't believe I've actually done in much, if at all, any swearing. Um, but, you know, I like to, you know, fulfill promises and be true to my word, so fuck, 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 I guess, is where we'll go there. Um, it, that's superfluous. That was unnecessary, and I would apologize, but... Right now it's me talking essentially to myself in the car uh, under a recording standpoint, so I, I'm not, I make no excuses, no, no regrets. Um, uh, yeah, I pretty much lost the thread at this point, and we're getting close to, um, close to work, so I think probably what is in everyone's best interest before I just start randomly, you know, Tourette Syndrome style swearing just for the sake of it again, uh, is probably go ahead and sign off. So, um, thanks you again for, uh, for listening. Um, you know, by all means, subscribe via whatever uh, method you're having this delightful podcast delivered to you. Um, there's not really a website or a Twitter or an Instagram or anything for me to direct you to, directly correlated to our current content. Uh, so it seems a little silly for me to try and point you to places that don't exist. Um so I'll just leave it at that, and um, call it good, and wish you all a good day, and thanks for joining. And that's it.